There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat, or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the People's Bishop and Pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 55498. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now, let's get into today's life-giving message. I want you to lift your Bibles or your phone, um, and uh, we're going to make our confession of faith uh, right there. It is on the screen. You ready? Let's go. I am blessed because the life-giving message I am about to hear will change what I do. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, guys. Listen, um, let's go to work. Our series is called Group Therapy. And what are we doing? We're looking at how we've lived and we're learning so then we can live better. You are never going to be able to live better if you don't look at how you've already lived. You will repeat mistakes if you don't learn from mistakes. You will repeat failures if you do not learn from failures. And your next 12 will be your best 12 and it will not be a repeat. I need you to type that on the screen. It will not be a repeat. You're not going to make the same relationship decisions again. You're not going to make the same bad financial decisions again. You're not going to make the same bad emotional decisions again. This may be similar, but this is not the same. Hallelujah. This may be similar, but this is not the same. What you're facing now... You're not the same you. You don't think the way you used to. You don't pray the way you used to. You don't worship the way you used to. Watch me. For many of you, especially those of you that are recently connected to Harvest, God has given you a level of depth in the word that you did not have before, which means there's more of him in you. How do you know that, Bishop? Because he is his word. The Bible says in John chapter one, uh, that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, which means he is his word. So the more depth of word I get, that means the more of him that's in me. Come on. I just need to say I'm more spiritual. I'm more spiritual. So what we're doing is we are doing this healing and we are doing it together. Because sometimes when you are healing from emotional wounds and emotional scars, you can feel as if you're all alone. You can feel as if you are by yourself. You can feel like everybody else is good, but you are the only one with issues. You need to know everybody has some issues they're walking, working through. I don't care if they're a billionaire, a, a, a millionaire, a six-figure earner, five-figure earner, just got out of high school, teenager, or 75 years old, everybody has an issue that they are working through. And here's what we've learned. We learned that, uh, that one of the biggest lies ever told was that time heals everything. That's not true. 
Well, another one of those lies was that time heals all wounds. That's not true. No, just because it's over doesn't mean you're over it. See, the children of Israel, they came out of 430 years of bondage overnight. And I need for some of you to hear me. You think it's going to take God way longer than it's going to take. I just need some of you to say quickly, quickly, quickly. You, you keep saying, well, in five years, in 10 years, maybe in four months. In six months. And I need you to know that God wants you to prosper even in the midst of a pandemic. And prosperity is bigger than cash, cars, and clothes. Prosperity is the Hebrew word salon. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Nothing lacking. And all is well. Come on. I need you to type that. I am shalom. Type it and say it. Mr. Foreman, why do you have a say so much? Life and death are in the power of your tongue. If you do not say it, you are never going to see it. And this is why the enemy wants to shut you down. This is why when you've been wounded and hurt, you don't want to say good things. You don't want to speak at all. You want to get into your little cocoon and be by yourself. And I need you to learn that you're going to have to use your mouth to get you out of your mess. Y'all ain't saying that to me. You have to use your mouth to get you out of your mess. Life and death are in the power of your tongue. All right. Children of Israel come out overnight. They come out overnight, but it takes 40 years for Egypt to come out of them. Did you hear what I just said? They come out overnight, but it takes 40 years for what they were in to come out of them. So just because it's over doesn't mean you're over it. Instead, what do we learn? What you do in time, it can heal anything or hold back everything. Got it? What you do in time. So that's what we're doing. We are making the decision to heal. Come on, open your mouth and say, I decide to heal. Come on, Miami, say it. I decide to heal. Come on, Atlanta. I decide to heal. Come on, Denver, even in the snow. Let's say it. I decide to heal. All right? We often hold back, though, doing the work to heal because it actually hurts to heal. That's right. It actually hurts to heal. Um, and we're going to look at that. But you must choose to heal even if it hurts. It's easy to remain hurt because at least you know what to expect. There is an unexpected nature to healing because that means I will no longer have this as my crutch to lean on. I will no longer be able to blame what they did to me, how they treated me, how, how, how it happened. You will no longer be able to blame that. And I need you to keep saying this out of your mouth. Your next 12 will be your best 12. Now, some of them say, well, Bishop, we're already into the month of March. Shouldn't it be my next nine? I'm going to be fine. It's going to be like one. Well, you want to keep that as your perpetual confession so that it's a rolling thing. Every month I move into a new month. Every time I move into a new year, my confession is that what's ahead of me is better than what's been. What's ahead of me is better than what's been. What's ahead of you is better than what's been. Can I be honest with you? You have done some amazing things, but what's coming, baby, it's about to blow your mind. It's way bigger and way better than you even imagine. Let's go to work. It actually hurts to heal. And you must choose to heal even if it hurts. We looked at the man that was by the pool for 38 years. For 38 years, this man sat beside the pool of, of, Bethesda, of the pool of Bethesda. Now, here's what it means. There were five porches there. Five is the number of grace. And the scripture says that a set time every year, an angel would come down and he would stir the waters. And whoever got into the water first was healed of whatever sickness he had. We looked at this man in depth that for 38 years, this man sat there and he did not heal because it was going to require change. And I talked you through that. 
I walked you through that. But then what else did I walk you through? I walked you through David. And I want to hit that again real quickly because I want to show you that it actually hurts to heal. Psalm 38 and 5, English Standard. It says, my wounds stink. Stop. David owned it that these were his wounds, that this was his problem to deal with. Sometimes you will get frustrated that other people don't see your wounds as their issues. They're not worried about your wounds. And that's because they're not their wounds. Don't be mad at people. Just realize healing is an inside job. Come on. Healing is an inside job. Can I get you to just type that on the screen? It's an inside job. That means it's not my mama's job, not my father's job, not my sister's job, not my brother's job, not my pastor's job. It is my job to do the healing. David says, my wounds stink. What does that mean? They are unpleasant and they are scandalous. He says, I don't even want to deal with my wounds because to even deal with it, it's unpleasant. Have you ever had some stuff that went down in your life that every time you think about it, it's unpleasant, so you avoid it? Listen, this is the last month that you're going to avoid dealing with some wounds. Let's talk. This is the last month that you're going to avoid dealing with some challenges. This is the last month you're going to avoid dealing with some problems. It says, my wounds stink. They're unpleasant and they're scandalous. And watch this. And they fester. Mm. They fester. That means physical and mental deterioration and isolated inactivity. Wow. He says, my wounds have got me to the place. And he's not talking about natural wounds. He's talking about emotional wounds. My wounds have got me to the place to where these things, watch me, they fester. They are mentally deteriorating to me and physically deteriorating. It affects my body. You eat too much or you don't eat enough. You, your hair's falling out or you got hair growing places it shouldn't grow. You follow what I'm saying? Your body is being affected. Stuff you used to heal from, you used to heal from a cold like that. Now you're keeping it for weeks. You used to bounce back and be the first one in the gym. Now you can't stand the sight of a gym. He says your emotional wounds are having a physical deterioration because you're an isolated inactivity, which means you want to be by yourself, even physically. And some of you will say, well, Bishop, I'm just an introvert. Can I stretch you there? While that may be true, realize that sometimes your wounds make you feel safe and secure only when you're by yourself. And I need you to know you're going to have to interact with people to get to where you're going. Everything you're called to do involves people. I don't care if it's business. That's people. I don't care if it's media. That's people. I don't care if it's family. That's people. Whatever you're called to do and created to do, it will involve people. So you cannot isolate yourself. And for some of you, the pandemic, you have isolated yourself. And I understand physical distancing and all of that. But I need you to come up out of that isolation. I need you to come up out of that place of fear. Like, what happens if somebody hurts me? What happens if somebody lies to me? What happens if this? Guess what? You might be hurt, but baby, you're going to heal. They might lie on you, but you'll heal. They might wound you, but you will heal. You cannot be afraid to live because you're afraid of being hurt. Baby, it comes with life. Let's go. Physical and mental deterioration because of my foolishness. What does he mean? Uh, he, he's literally saying, I sin and how I handle my wounds. My sin, watch me, was that I handle my wounds the wrong way. And for many of us, the word sin means to make a mistake. Most of our sin is an error in how we handle our wounds. God, that's good. You see, a lot of times you get caught up with people you shouldn't be caught up with. You get in predicaments you shouldn't be in. You, you get with substances you shouldn't be with. You say things you should not say. Can I be honest? And a lot of that has to do 
with how you're handling your wounds. See, the only reason that you turn to the bottle is because you were wounded. Come on, let's talk. I'm not judging you. I just want to be real with you. We all find ways to be painkillers, but painkillers do not remove the pain, which means you need more and more of the painkiller to keep the pain away to make the symptoms go away, but the pain still remains. And God doesn't just want to shield you from pain. God doesn't want to just cover up the wounds. God wants to heal them. I need you to say, this is my month of healing. Come on, say it. And acceleration. Come on, everybody. Come on, Facebook. Come on, YouTube. Say my month of healing and acceleration. Let's go. All right. He says, my sin is how I handle my wounds. Look at verse six. Now we're going to shift to New King James Version here. I am troubled. I am bowed down. So there go those physical effects. He's like, literally, when I walk around, I walk around like this. My shoulders are down. I walk around looking sad. I walk around looking depressed. I walk around looking like I just rolled out the bed and said, here comes the day. He says, there's these physical effects. He says, I go mourning. So these are the emotional effects. He says, everywhere I go, I'm mourning. How do you know somebody's mourning? Because everywhere they are, they're talking negative. If you are a negative talker, there's a term for it called a negaholic, where literally you are addicted to being negative. Every time somebody has a solution, you got five problems. Every time somebody's excited about something, you got four things they should not be excited about. And I need you to say, I will not be negative. Come on, Facebook. Say, I will not be negative. Come on, Periscope. I will not be negative. Come on, Harvest Channel. I will not be negative. That means you are mourning. What does that mean? Something has died and you are still talking about when it was alive. Something is gone and you are still talking about when it was there. All right. He says, I'm mourning all day long, which means, listen, new experiences are lived through old wounds. Wow. New experiences are literally lived through old wounds. So everything I encounter now that's new, I live it through the old wound, which means I don't see it as it is. I see it as what wounded me. So that means, watch me, you become a self-fulfilling prophet because things always wound you because you always see them as wounds before you ever examine what it really is. I'm going to back that thing up so you get it. You are always wounded because everything you see, you saw it through wounds in the first place. You didn't see that as a new friend. You saw that as a friend that was like your last friend. You didn't see that as a new business opportunity. You saw it as another opportunity to lose some money. But baby, this is not that. Come on, type that on the screen. This is not that. This is not that. This is not that. Let's go further. Verse seven, from my loins and loins there in Hebrew, the language of our Old Testament, it is the word kessel, which means confidence. He says, for my loins, my confidence is full of inflammation. Inflammation. See, if you read this on the surface, you think he's talking about physical wounds. He's not. Inflammation there is this Hebrew word kala, which means disgust and they're dry. Let me see if I can say it this way. He says, my confidence is dry. He says, my confidence is disgust. Can we be honest? Just me and you. Just me and you talking. Don't worry about nobody else. Just me and you talking. Have you ever had moments where you looked at yourself and you were disgusted? You were disgusted with yourself, maybe your physical appearance, maybe with a decision you made. Come on, let's be honest. I have. Come on, put that, do that heavy emoji. Put it up right, right now. Where you've been disgusted with perhaps people you allowed around you. You felt disgusted by a decision you made. We have all been there. We have felt disgusted and our confidence has been dry. Our confidence has been missing. Our confidence has been void. But I need you to say, but God, come on, y'all, but 
God, but God. All right, look what he says. And there is no soundness in my flesh. He says, I'm not whole in myself. He says, there's these holes that I'm trying to fill because I'm wounded. And when you're wounded, you're never whole because there's this, there's this opening, there's this space that a wound creates. And what we often do is try to put a painkiller in that wound, but a painkiller doesn't make you whole. That's why, watch me. You ever heard this saying? Let's go here, you guys. You ever heard this saying? If you're a single person, you go through a bad relationship, but the quickest way to get over somebody is to get under somebody new. That's crazy. No, 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 no. Listen, putting a painkiller in a hole is not going to make you whole. That's why God wants to heal your wounds. That's why we're doing group therapy, because we're going to heal together. Please open your mouth and type it on the chat. This is my month of healing. Come on. This is my month of healing. This is why they have us keep saying that, because I need you to make a decision that you're not taking no wounds into April. You're not taking that baggage into April. That's going to be the second quarter this year. You're not taking no first quarter mess into the second quarter. You're not taking no first quarter junk into the second quarter. And your next 12 will be your best 12. Let's keep going. Look at verse 8. I am feeble. Now, this one's interesting because it means that I have no physical strength and no strength in my character. He says, I'm tired. I'm just tired. When you're wounded, you're tired. How do you know somebody that's wounded? Because their sleeping patterns are off. Come on. They don't sleep like they're supposed to. And when they do sleep, they don't rest. They just go to sleep. There's a difference between sleeping and resting, right? Because you can rest and have shorter sleep and feel more rested, but you can have longer sleep and still feel tired. Why? Because there's a difference between the two. He says, I don't have any physical strength. He says, these wounds are draining me. I'm, I'm physically, I'm weak. Like I'm tired. I'm tired. You're taking vitamins, but you're tired. You're working out, but you're tired. And you're talking about the devil's attacking me. No, it's your wound. Your wound is bleeding out. Come on. And whenever you are bleeding out, it begins to affect you physically. It begins to affect you physically. But then he says no strength of character. And this is interesting because when you're wounded, you'll say yes to stuff you should say no to. And you'll say no to stuff you should say yes to. Why? Because your character is, is it has no strength. What's your character? That's the real you, right? So when you're wounded, you will literally, can we be, can we be really honest? Come on, let's be honest in this message. When you're wounded, you will say yes to people that if you were full strength, you'd be like, uh-uh, I ain't doing that. That person is crazy, right? But when you're wounded, you'll even reach out to family members that you know don't mean you no good. You'll reach out to friends that you know don't mean you any good. Why? Because your yes becomes no when it should be the other and vice versa. There's no strength in your character. Stuff that you, you would normally not lie, but you'll lie when you're wounded. You normally would own it. I've seen people as a pastor where I can tell that they're wounded. Why? Because they normally would self-correct, but when they're wounded, they blaming everybody else. They blaming me, they blaming God, they blaming this person, this person. People that have nothing to do with their issue, they are blaming because they're wounded. Because their character has no strength. He says, I'm severely broken mentally. He says, mentally, I'm just broken. He's like, I just can't. What does that mean? I can't focus. And for some of you, you've not been able to focus because of your wounds. See, this is, these are all of the effects of being wounded. So to, to do the work to be healed means I have to be in that space and do the work to get out of that space. Because I get used to that space. And here it is. That space becomes my space. Y'all remember my space? 
When you get used to being in a wounded space, that becomes your space. So it becomes safe even though you're suffering. But today, it becomes safe even though you're suffering. Let's go deeper into this. He says, I groan because of, here it is, the turmoil of my heart. This is how we know he is not talking about physical wounds here because he says, this is the turmoil of my heart. And this is why I'm like that. What's hard in scripture? It's the word led, which means mind in the Old Testament. He says, my mind is in turmoil. And this is the reason I'm like this. I groan. I complain. Every time I've been to car, you, you complain. You don't pray, you complain. And much of your prayers complains, God, why me? Why did this happen? Why did... And God says, if you don't stop that complaining, if you don't stop that negativity, I'm here to tell you that this is your month of healing and acceleration. Come on, sir. It's your time to heal. Come on, ma'am. It's your time to heal. Come on, son. Your time to heal. Come on, daughter. Your turn and your time to heal. Look at verse 17. We're going to shift to English standard. Now look, for I am ready to fall or give up. He says, I'm ready to give up. And my pain is ever before me. Everywhere I look, I just see pain. I see pain. I see pain. Can I be honest with you? Social media amplifies that because many of the people, you ready? Many of the people that wound you, social media is going to pull up and say, don't you know this person? Come on. It's going to pull it up and say, don't you know this person? And now it is showing you something that makes you confront your pain. And I need you to learn to confront your pain. Mm. How does he do it? Here's the work, and here's why we hold back sometimes. Verse 18 reveals it. I confess my iniquity. Shut up. Y'all know what I mean. Shut up literally. It just means it's good to me. He says, I own this. I I own this. What's the iniquity? Generational sin that's passed down. He's like, my daddy was like this. My father was like this. Can I be honest with you? How do you know that David's father was wounded? Can I give you some revelation? In 1 Samuel 16, you know that David's father is wounded. Jesse is his father's name, because when Samuel, the man of God, comes to the house, he says, the Lord sent me to your house. There's a king in your house that I need to anoint. Bring me your sons. He only brings seven. Please listen. He only brings seven of his sons before the man of God. The man of God says, it's none of these guys. None of them are the guy. There has to be somebody else. He says, well, there's David out there. But, you know, basically what he's saying is it couldn't be David. How do you know he was wounded? Because Jesse seeing David, please listen. When Jesse saw David, it reminded him of the broken relationship with David's mama. Shut your mouth. When Jesse saw David, his own flesh and blood, it reminded him of the broken relationship with David's mama. How do you know that, Bishop? Because David says, I was born in sin and shaped in iniquity. In other words, we've got the same father, but we've got different mothers and we've got a blended family. And my father won't invite me in because when he sees me, he sees her pain. We don't know what happened with David's mama and Jesse. We just know we don't read about her. She's not recorded in the text. Something painful happened that wounded. So that what does that mean? That means that now that thing is passed down to David. So now that means none of them know how to deal with their wounds. What did he do to his own flesh and blood because of a painful relationship that had nothing to do with his flesh and blood? Because he didn't even invite him in the house. He rejects and abandons David because this is a word for somebody because David reminds him of David's mama. Some of you are like, why why has so-and-so always treated me like this? Why has so-and-so always been this way to me? Why does so-and-so turn on me? Why so? Because you 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 remind them of something that has nothing to do with you. Wow. He says, I confess my iniquity. What does that mean? I confess that these are my wounds and part and my issue 
is how I've handled them. I handled them like my father. I handled them the wrong way. Please hear me. I handled them like my mama. I handled them like my sister. My co you, you catching it? I've handled these the wrong way. The wounds that happened to me, I handled these wounds the wrong way. And look at the next part of the verse. I am sorry for my sin. Listen, he says, I'm sorry, God, for how I've handled my wounds. So what does that mean? You have to choose to heal, even if it hurts. Look at all those verses. Verse, look at all them verses where he's complaining. And then look at the verse where it changes. All those verses where he's talking about the wounds. And then it takes one verse for him to shift that thing. Let me see if I can say it another way. It took one month for him to shift that thing. This is that month for you. Please type that and say it. This is that month for me. Let's just take a moment. Say, Father, in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody, sit with me. Come on. Say, I confess my iniquity before you. Say, I am sorry for my sin. I am sorry for how I've handled my wounds. I pray that I would not do that going forward. This is my month. Come on, say it with some authority. Of healing and acceleration. Come on, Atlanta. Come on, say it. Say, this is my month of healing and acceleration. So let's go, y'all. Um, today's message is called, This Is My Story. Uh, and I want to show you some things about your wounds. Number one, you're not exempt from wounds. I don't care how anointed you are, how kind you are, how spiritual you are, how saved you are, how loud you shout, how loud you don't shout, how much, much you dance. You're not exempt from wounds. Sometimes we think if we're good to people that people won't wound us. Wave at me if you've ever thought that. Sometimes we think if we sow, you ready for this? Because some of y'all, you're like, Bishop, I never sowed that to anybody. So why in the world am I reaping that? You are not exempt from wounds. Look what Jesus said, John 16, 33, Amplified. I have told you these things so that in me, you may have perfect peace. What does that mean? Don't be shocked. He says, I'm telling you this so you're not shocked. In the world, you're going to have tribulation, internal pressure. All right. And distress. That's anxiety and pain. What does that mean? You're going to have some anxiety. You're going to have some pain. You're going to have internal pressure and suffering. That means you're subjected to something bad or unpleasant. Translation wounds. <laughs> he says, listen, in life, you are going to have wounds and you're not exempt from it. Just because you're a Christian, that does not exempt you. Even if you are reaping something you didn't sow, that means, watch me, please listen. If you are reaping something, this is revelation for somebody. I'm about, I literally run out this room. If you are reaping something you never sowed, guess what? Then this is a seed for you. Listen to me. If you are reaping something that you never sowed, then this is a seed for you. You better hear me. If you are reaping something you never sowed, this wound is not a harvest. This wound is a seed. Shut up. All right, because I felt like that before. I'd be like, God, I never sowed disloyalty like that. I never sowed dishonor like that. I've never sown a, 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 a being a turncoat like that. There was different things I look at through life and ministry. It's like, God, I never sowed that. You better hear me. Then that means then it's not a harvest. It's a seed. If you are dealing with something you have never sown to anybody else, then what you are dealing with is a seed, not a harvest. My God, that deserves a seed right there in the ground. Man, I'm sowing into that. I cannot wait until I finish ministering this because I'm sowing into that right there. All right, look. God, that's good to me. Woo! This is not a harvest. This is a seed. I didn't sow this, so this ain't no harvest. 
Somebody needs to hear me. You did not sow this, so this is not a harvest. This is a seed. You didn't do nobody else like this, so this is not reaping what you sow. This is creating a seed. What does that mean? It's a seed. That means God's going to use your womb to produce something big in your world. He's going to use your womb. Tweet me that, please, to produce something big in your world. Insta story that to me. He's going to use something, uh, use your womb to create something big in your world. Wow. Look, but be courageous. What does that mean? Be confident, undaunted, be filled with joy. I have overcome the world. He says, you're going to have wounds in the world, but I've overcome the world. Listen to this. My conquest is accomplished and my victory is abiding, which means it lasts. He says, listen, he says, listen, if you stay in me, he says, in me, I need you to have perfect peace. Stay in me, stay in church, stay serving, stay worshiping those five T's, your time, church attendance, your treasure, faithful giving, your talent, serving in church, uh, uh, your thirst, prayer, praise, and worship, and your testimony, inviting people to church. He says, if you stay in those five, baby, you're going to thrive. Come on. And I need you to put that on the screen. And my next 12 will be my best 12. If you stay in those five, you will thrive. He says, my victory is abounding. Now, here's the deal. You're not exempt from wounds. Can I get you to say that? I'm not exempt from wounds. So the question becomes, how do wounds come? Actions and words can wound. Things that people do to you, things that people say to you can wound you. And here's what I need you to do. You ready? Let's go here. Here's what I need you to do. Don't regret your wounds. Mm. This is good. What is regret, Bishop? Regret is perpetual grief. What is grief? Your natural response to loss. If you live in regret, you live in perpetual grief, which means you never get over losing something. Mm. I need you to say, I have no regrets. 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 Don't regret making that decision. You made it. Don't regret. Don't, don't, mm, no regrets. No regrets. Because if you regret, that means you live in perpetual grief, which is why you never heal from it because you regret it. And you can't go through the five stages of grief because you live in the first four. Wow. Jeremiah 10 and 19. This is the word, y'all. If you haven't shared this, share this tonight. Share this today. Share this word. Whenever you're watching it, podcast, share it. When you share, people get saved. When you share, people get saved. Jeremiah 10, 19. Woe is me because of my hurt. He's basically playing a victim. Woe is me. Oh, woe is me. Victim. But then watch his shift. My wound is grievous. I mean, just causing me grief. Grief. But look what he says. But I said, he likes big butts and he cannot lie. There's a big butt right here. Type of capital, all caps, B-U-T on the screen. But, but I said, truly, this is an affliction. This is Jeremiah. And I must bear it. He says, listen, he says, listen, you know what? This is causing me grief and woe is me. I want to act like a victim. I want to say, oh, I'm a victim. But guess what? But I got to bear this. I've got this. If God brought me to it, God will get me through it. I've got this. What does bear it mean in Hebrew? It means I must accept it. Like I got to accept the fact, you have to accept the fact that they wounded you. Accept the fact that they hurt you. Accept the fact that they, their actions and their words wounded you. Accept it. Look at this next part. Advance. Shut up. Wow. Y'all know I don't mean shut up literally. It's a figure speech. Advance. He says you need to accept it, but then you need to advance from it. In other words, don't stay there. I need you to advance. Don't stay stuck in anger. 
Move on. Don't stay stuck in, in, in regret. Move on. Keep it moving. Advance. Advance. What does that mean? Go further than you are. Look at the last definition of bear. Forgive. Wow. Why do you need to forgive them? Here's why you need to forgive them. Because wounds perfect you. But you hit Bishop like that. Because this is good. Your wounds perfect you. What do you mean, Bishop? If I get a wound, isn't that hurting me? Isn't that creating pain for me? Mm -mm. Listen, your wounds perfect you. Psalm 138 and 8. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. The, the psalmist was saying, I'm the work of your hands. Don't forsake me. But let's look at what that word perfect means in the Hebrew language of our Old Testament. You know, when I teach, I like to give you Hebrew words. Bishop, why do you do that? When you translate from Hebrew to English, you lose about three words. Old Testament, you go from Greek to English, New Testament, you lose about two words. The reason I give you the Hebrew and the Greek is, is not to you know sound deep or to complicate it. It's actually to simplify it because you may see one word in English, but it has several meanings in Hebrew, the original language. So it's simplifying the word by teaching you what the original language says. Let's go. I will the Lord will perfect gamar. That means complete. Say he's completing me. He's completing me. He's completing me. That says I'm going to complete things in you. You will not be this wounded woman your whole life. You will not be a messy man your whole life. You will not be a victim your whole life. You will not. That is not going to be your story because your next twelve, come on y'all, will be your best. That's not going to be the end of your story. But listen. Listen to this. Um, that word gamar is a transitive word. Let me teach you what this means. It means it's dealing with three factors simultaneously. Three factors simultaneously. God, you, and your wombs. Wow. When he says the Lord will perfect that which concerns me, it, it, it means God says, I'm going to use these three things to perfect you. I'm going to use, watch me, it's God, you, and your wombs. So your wounds are literally used to perfect you. God says, I'm perfecting you and I'm using your wounds to do it. What does that mean? I'm using your wounds to complete you. I'm using your wounds to complete you. You don't know where to put the attention until you see the wound. And now the wound says, this is where I need to be complete. This is where I need to bring some completion. And here's the next thing wounds do. You ready? Wounds make you repent. Wounds make you repent. Now, when we think of repentance, most people, if you grew up in church, you think of repentance like this. God, I'm sorry. I apologize. But it's more than that. It's more than that. And let me, and, and, and you even see this um, with David. He says, I confess my iniquity. I am sorry for my sin. So that's the first part of repentance. That's the apology. That's the apology. Um, if you keep reading in his story, he gives, there's something we do. It's called AES. It's a leadership principle. Apologize, explain, come up with a solution. Apologize, explain, come up with a solution. It's the biblical way of servant leadership. When you make a mistake as a leader, you apologize, you explain how you did it, and then you, you create it to present a solution. You explain how you got there so that your solution gets you out of there. And that's what David begins to do. So repentance is more than just, I'm sorry. Repentance is, Lord, I apologize. Lord, this is why I think this happened. And here's my solution. Let's look at Hosea 6 and 1 Amplified so you can see this in action. Come and let us return in repentance to the Lord, for he has torn us, but he will heal us. He has wounded us, but he will bandage us. Notice, uh, and bandage there means he's going to wrap tight with pressure. He's going to wrap it tight with pressure. Now, this is good because it said, let us return to the Lord in repentance. It says, 
our wounds are showing us where we got off. Wow. See, when you begin to put a relationship before the Lord, you're going to be wounded in relationships and it's going to show you where you get off. It's going to show you where you need to get back on track. I pray that everybody today, that wherever you've been wounded, you would, it would cause you to repent. Let's repent. I apologize. Explain. I give a solution. What's another definition of repent? Re again, pip, the top. Penthouse is the top, top, uh, uh, top and nicest unit in the building. So check this out. He says, get back to the best version of you because that is a mess. And I just need somebody to say, I repent, Lord. Father, we repent right now for not being the best versions of ourselves. And tonight, God, and today, and Sunday morning, Sunday evening, podcast, replay, whenever we are receiving this word, God, we repent to you, Lord, and say thank you that our wounds are showing us where we got off. Our wounds are making us repent, getting back to the best version of ourselves. Thank you for allowing the wounds to show us where we needed to repent. In Jesus' name. Now, now look, here, here's where we go. Your story shows your scars. One, you ready? Let's just re recap. You're not exempt from wounds. Actions and words can wound you. Wounds perfect you. Do not regret your wounds. Wounds make you repent. But now, watch this. Your story shows your scars. So when you get wrapped tight, with the bandage, Bible says he'll bandage us. As that wound begins to heal, here it goes, it will begin to scar. This is going to make me shout. God says, the way I'm going to heal you, I'm going to wrap tight with pressure. Listen, healing starts with pressure. Mind blown. Let's go. God says to heal you, I'm going to wrap you up. In other words, I'm going to constrict some of your movement. Come on. Some of you are like, why can't I move yet? God says, I'm going to heal you first. Why can't I get the job yet? I'm going to heal you first. Why can't I get the car yet? I'm going to heal you first. Why can't I open this yet? I'm going to heal you first. I'm going to constrict your movements and put pressure on you. Shut your mouth. This is good to me. I'm going to constrict your movements. You're not going to be able to do what you want to do. The last 12 months, God says, I'm going to constrict your movement so that you can't do what you used to do because I need you to heal. I need you to deal with some stuff. I'm going to constrict your movements and I'm going to put pressure on you. So God says, the first, how do you know it's time to heal? You feel constricted. How do you know it's time to heal? There's pressure on you. There's pressure on you. There's pressure on you. He says, I'm going to constrict your movements and I am going to put pressure. I am going to put pressure on you. Are y'all still here? Let's go further in this. Then look. Uh, uh, um, that as the wound begins to heal, it's going to begin to scar first. It's going to begin to scar first. And your story shows your scars. Look at this. Scarring is part of the healing process when fibrous tissue replaces normal skin after a wound. I'm going to back that thing up. Look, it's right there on the screen. Scarring is part of the healing process when Fibrous tissue replaces normal skin after a wound. Wow. 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 Here's what this means, guys. God says, um, I'm going to wrap, constrict your movements, put pressure. And the first thing that's going to happen is you're going to begin to have a wound. Or excuse me, a scar. This scarring 
is a normal part of the healing process. And the tissue that replaces the womb is fibrous. What does that mean? It's like a network of skin. What does it mean? The fibrous tissue is stronger than the normal skin, which means if there's an area God's allowed you to be wounded, the reason, listen, the reason that that wound is there is because that's an area where stronger skin will grow naturally. So that's the spiritual principle. Could it be you needed to be wounded in certain areas so you would have strength in those areas? Come on. Uh, I was I was telling the story the other day on a Ask the Bishop about wounds. And um, a pastor said to me, a very, very accomplished pastor in Texas, said to me, he said, Bishop, you, you are you always this strong? And I said, what are you talking about? I said, this is just who I am. He said, but I've never met him. This is what he said. He said, I never met a man so strong. He's like, I know alpha man. And he was like, but you're like alpha times 10. And like, this is just who I am. And I said, but sir, here's the deal. My wounds gave me that strength. That's me. What I had to overcome gave me that strength. What I had to fight through gave me that strength. What I had to navigate through gave me that strength. What I had to deal with gave me that strength. Uh, listen, most wounds gave me fibrous tissue that's stronger than the original skin. Wherever you were afflicted, baby, that's where you're gifted. Wherever they attack, that's where you are also anointed. So look, Revelation 12, 11, we out of here. God's word translation says this. They won the victory over him because of the blood of the lamb that was shed 2000 years ago and the word of their testimony, their story. Open your mouth and say, this is my story. This is my story. This is my story. They didn't love their life so much that they refused to give it up. Everybody listen, your scars are your story and your story reveals where your strength is. Your story reveals where your strength is. Your story shows your scars. I'm going to show you again, please. Look, scarring is part of the healing process when fibrous tissue replaces normal skin after a wound. God says, I'm going to send some stronger skin right there because that's going to be an area you'll be able to show people your scars. In the Bible, when Jesus is resurrected and he comes back, Thomas says, I won't believe it's him unless I see his scars. In other words, nobody would even believe your story unless they see your scars. What are you trying to say? I want you, please go, Miss Church on Wednesday, to be comfortable with your scars, to be comfortable with where you've been wounded, to start talking about your story to start talking about what you've overcome, to not be ashamed of it. Please say, I'm not ashamed of my scars. Don't be ashamed of it. Don't be ashamed of it. Yeah, 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 you're a go-getter now because, because you were wounded in that area. Yeah, you love people dearly now because you were wounded. People tried to turn, make you a bitter, messed up, jacked up somebody. But God, open your mouth and say, this is my story. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for this word today. Draw those that need to come to you to you right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, if you're watching this or hearing this, that means in the Denver area, we were snowed in first time since harvest beginning. But to God be the glory, as your shepherd, I wanted to make sure you had a fresh word that things went forward. You wouldn't even know had I not told you. You would have just thought, oh, he's just doing it from, home, uh, from a studio today. You would have thought that. But guess what? 
uh, as your shepherd, I wanted to make sure you had a first word. Did this word bless anybody? Do that hand wave emoji. Let me know if it blessed you. Real quick, if you're watching this experience today and you need to become a Christian for the first time, this is your day. You're not watching this by accident, I promise you. Secondly, if you need to recommit yourself to the Lord, this is your day. This is your moment. This is your opportunity. And number three, if you're like, Bishop, I don't know where things stand with the Lord, but I want to be sure that God and I are good. On three, I'm just going to ask you to do that hand wave emoji or say it's me. I have digital ambassadors on every single digital campus right now waiting to see your response. No guilt. No shame. I don't care if you're black, white, tall, short, your hair's real, you're bald-headed, one, two, 15 teeth. Well, I don't care. Jesus loves you. There is no place too low where the blood of Jesus cannot flow. You ready? One, God's watching you. God sees you. Come on, respond. No guilt, no condemnation. One, two, three. Respond right now, wherever you're at. Do that hand wave emoji or say it's me. Come on. Do that hand wave emoji or say it's me right where you're at. Right where you're at. Come on, Harvest. I need a celebrating on every digital campus right now. The people who are coming to the Lord. Hallelujah. Everybody pray this for me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Say, because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Give me the grace, God, to run this race. In Jesus' name, come on. Amen. Hallelujah. I need you to take your phone out. Text the word decision to 55498. When you do that, we're going to shoot you a text right away to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. Send the text. Many people respond. Sometimes they don't send the text. I need you to send the text. Why? I want to get this message in your hand. What next? So you know what to do next. I don't want you falling off like some people do. I don't want you getting excited on Sunday and then dropping it on Monday. The rest of your days will be the best of your days. Amen. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. Text the word decision to 55498 to let us know about your decision and we'll send you amazing resources to help you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. The rest of your life will be the best of your life. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof. Not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA. Get a quote today. 